Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hockey in the Classroom, episode 18. As always, Matt Wally Wallacek with you and co-hosting, as always, down in Dallas, Tony Tringo Ringette. Tony, how we doing? Doing well, as much, I guess, as well as I can be in a global pandemic. But, you know, honestly, life ain't, isn't too different for me. I work I work from home every single day anyway. So how about you? How's, how's this treating you? Um, you know, I... I... <laughs> I wish I had some uh, better days, but, you know, just keep fighting through it as, as everybody else is. You know, hopefully we're going to get through this, uh, you know, sooner rather than later and uh, get back to a little bit of, of what's normal. I don't even know what normal is anymore, to be honest. <laughs> no, we're, we're at about, uh, what, six weeks now into this? Uh, six weeks, yeah, officially. Wow. It's crazy. And it's just going to keep on going for at least the time being. But um you know tony you know you bring up the pandemic and that that's really majority of what we got to talk about here and that's the fact that college hockey ended very abruptly as it should have as everything else because nothing's more important than the safety of not only the athletes and our fans but everybody across the world um and it's just unfortunate that it had to happen in the matter it did uh right when the playoffs were getting taken off too um so not not what we really were hoping for, um, but uh, you know before we really get into that, you know some early uh, some early news out of here due to the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, um, you know we we kind of figured we were going to see, um, you know some you know some halts here and there from the programs, and one being that uh, officially U of I has put a halt to their progression of going division one um, that's currently on hold per their athletic director. Um, and that's really just to see, you know, a precautionary as, as there's a lot of bigger things in front of them that need to be taking place now, which makes sense. Um, so hopefully this U of I being put on hold going division one doesn't last too much longer, uh, but we understand exactly why, but it's from my knowledge and from a little bit of research, there was another program that was about to announce that they were going to commit to go Division One, and following in U of I's footsteps, they have decided to put that news on the back burner as well during this pandemic. That uh, institution is anonymous, at least as of right now. So I do not have any information as to what school that is, um, but we do know that there is another school interested in going Division One in the coming uh seasons here so uh that's uh, and then tony i don't know if you got anything but one other thing i have um stick taps congratulations to uh head coach uh got it out of dartmouth uh, he officially uh retiring stepping down after 32 years as the head coach at dartmouth uh second uh behind jerry york uh in in cons- uh, consecutive years coaching uh you know, hell of a guy, great coach. Uh, also previously coached at Brown. I believe he took Brown to their last NCAA tournament back in the 90s. So um, this guy was a winner. He is the uh, all-time wins leader in Dartmouth with uh, over 330 wins and over 750 games coached. So congrats and uh, well-deserved retirement. Stick taps to uh, Coach Goddard. Yeah, and, and neither of those are easy, easy programs to to coach at. I mean – anywhere really in the Ivies you have to battle with you're not getting some of these athletes that are you know you hate to say it but not the sharpest knives in the drawer um you have to get kids that can you know academically succeed at an Ivy League institution so to have any success to have the success that he's had is absolutely remarkable 
Well, on that and the fact that in the Ivy Leagues, you start almost a month later than the rest of college hockey. So you're already playing catch up with college hockey as far as games played, um, which, you know, which we talked about all year long. It's, you know, you don't want to leave points on the table. You kind of already put these Ivy League schools really, really on the on the edge of of making the playoffs right out the gate because now they got to play a little bit of catch up. It really points every point matters in college hockey. I think it really makes a big difference in the Ivy league just because they're, they're almost a month behind in the start. Yeah. You don't get those, those extra bye weeks during the middle of the season, but not only that, you mean you figure those first couple of weeks are when teams are usually a little more shaky. You can't really get a good grasp of what a team's going to be. And you don't get those couple weeks. You you kind of jump right in. Yeah, and uh, and we in the past we've seen teams you know excel very well. Like this past season, Harvard jumped out of the gate right away, uh, was playing lights out. Um, but you know when it when it really mattered, you know certain teams get burnt out really quickly. Harvard was one of those teams that kind of was getting out a little bit burnt out in the middle of the year and really had to recollect themselves going into uh, what was going to be the playoffs uh, and make a, and make a run there. But, um, but, you know, no, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy coaching regardless. It's not easy coaching college hockey, uh, but in the Ivy leagues, it, you, it's definitely, like you said, it's definitely, it's, it's challenging uh, 32 years behind the bench there for Dartmouth. Um, that's, that's one hell of a run there. And he, and he did just send a guy to the NHL. So that's pretty – a sophomore science. It's pretty cool. We'll cover that later. Yeah, yep, he did. Um, Tony, but before we kind of get switching gears here, anything that we want to cover before we uh, really get into the nitty-gritty here of this, uh, of this recording? Yeah, uh, not really. I mean, a lot – a lot. I mean, a lot has happened, but not a lot's happened. I mean, it's such – it's so unfortunate. But have some signings, have some transfers. Um, Vermont hired their new coach. Um, that's really it. That's really it. So I think we should jump right into the meat of this presentation. All right. So, I mean, let's, let's just, let's jump right into the first big thing. And that's, uh, the two biggest awards in college hockey from the men and the women's perspective. And that's the Hobie Baker and the Patty Casimir award. Uh, Tony, I'm going to take the Hobie Baker if you don't mind. Um, and that, and the winner of that this year, and it was a tough race, uh, throughout the entire, there was a lot of guys that deserve this award. Tony, I think you and I can agree with that. Um, this guy has been a thorn in the NCHC opponent's side, uh, and he's been one hell of a player for the UMD Bulldogs on the blue line, and that's Scott Perunovic, uh, the defenseman. Uh, like I said, the University of uh, Minnesota Duluth uh, is 2020 Hobie Baker Award, um, and, and this guy really deserved it. He's played the last three seasons outstanding, um, and he signed a nice contract that we're going to cover uh, in a little bit here, uh, but the NHL, the St. Louis Blues, they got one hell of a guy in the blue line coming up in the ranks in the coming seasons. Lovely, 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 lovely. Um, no, and, and you, you know, one of the most disappointing things coming out of this whole this whole COVID thing is that, you know, UMD didn't have that chance to three-peat, you know. Not only that, but those teams that, you know, maybe were making that one last run or they had that team. Like, I look at a Minnesota State, it's who knows when Minnesota state's going to be at the level they were at this year with that crew or like, you know, Penn state losing as many players as they did. I think they, I want to say they had five guys, four or five guys sign in the NHL this off season. So it's, 
it's such a shame. I think that we're not seeing some of these guys get to finish out their careers and some of these teams get the chance to, you know, wrap up wonderful seasons. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, especially like you said, with UMD, with the, the chances of them going for a three peat, which were very high. I mean, there was a lot of coaches that played against UMD this past season and, um, made the case that that this team was probably better than previous teams that had won the national championship, um, which is something to say. Um, so it's just it's really crazy. Like I like you said that this is how it ends, um, and we don't get to really see you know how it could have unfolded with UMD, North Dakota, Minnesota State, the, the teams that have been playing extremely well all year. Um, and it's just crazy to think too that you know Scott Perunovich has only he only knows how to win national championships since stepping on the campus of UMD freshman year sophomore year and you know what could have been his junior year could have gone to three people before he had to the NHL you know that's unfortunate that we we won't get to know uh, if that would have been the case but um, but regardless um, he had a hell of a career at at UMD um, well deserved Toby Baker winner. And uh, like I said, his future is bright in the NHL coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun watching him. I mean, you hated, you hated watching your team play against him, but you loved watching him because he played such a great game. And now he's going to be a pain. He's going to go from being a pain in my ass being at Western to being a pain in my ass as a stars fan. So yeah, same with being a Hawks fan. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to get uh, my last of Perunovich just yet, but yeah. He uh, he did a lot against uh, a lot of uh, NCHC teams. Um, he, he's not only just a shutdown defenseman, but he he's got a rock. He's got a cannon. He he knows how to move the puck. He's a great skater. So uh, St. Louis Blues are going to get a good one on the blue line, and that's unfortunate for Dallas and Chicago and the other teams in the in the Central Division. Yeah, I mean this that division. Like I, I hate to like stick away from from the college game too long. So I won't do it much longer, but that division's got some damn good young defensemen with, with Perinovich coming to, to St. Louis, like hope you hope that he's a good player in the NHL. Um, Kale McCarr and then, and Miro Haskin. And it's like, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and Colin Pareko uh, was a big time uh, key to, to the blue success, you know, Alaska uh, college player there. Um you know, Chicago, uh, we're going to cover here in a little bit, but they just signed Ian Mitchell defense bad to Denver. That's a nice signing for, for Chicago. Uh, hopefully he can kind of get into the lineup uh, sooner rather than later for Chicago. But, yeah, uh, that's a division that's got a lot of great talent on the blue line, a lot of great young talent, like you said, on the blue line. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Tony, um, you're you're my co- women's college expert here. I'm gonna let you take the next award here. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too shocked by the Patty Casimir Award winner. I, I kind of predicted that, or at least if I didn't say it out loud, I was thinking it. But Elizabeth Jaguero is probably gonna win this award, and she did well deserved. Uh, she had a really good year leading leading Clarkson to what would have been another NCAA tournament appearance. Um, and and we got the another bummer about this COVID is that we got deprived of getting the chance to see Abby Rock and Elizabeth Jaguar battle out in the first round in Madison, which would have been, I believe that would have been the first round. I might, I might be mistaken, but it's been a while now, but the, the missed the opportunity to see some of these, these great players, you know, play another game and in the NCAA tournament. And 
that that one's a lot of fun because I mean you jump right to Elite Eight and you have eight really really good teams battling for the for the Frozen Four. But yeah, um, Elizabeth Jaguar beat out Abby Rock and Elena Mueller for for the Patty Casimir Award winner. Patty Casimir Award. So stick tap to her. Uh, yeah, stick taps definitely a hell of a season. Um, that was a tight race, I think, all year round uh, that we noted on the podcast week in and week out uh, between her, Abby Rock, and uh, uh, who was uh, – I'm sorry, what was the third name on that list there? I'm Elena, Elena Mueller. Elena she Dickie. was the, the Swiss-born forward for – I think she played for Northeastern. Yeah. Um, but she was in the Olympics at like 14 or something. Yeah, like I remember that. we did cover that on one episode. Do you remember you talking about that? Um, but I mean, th- th- that's just, I mean, those three women coming from three great programs, Northeastern, uh, Wisconsin, um, and, and so forth. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, like you said that we didn't get to see, you know, them three or, you know, battle it out in the playoffs. Like we would have loved to see. That's a lot of talent on the ice. That's a lot of scoring on the ice. Um, but you know, both all three were well-deserving of that award, um, but, you know, stick taps again um, for Jaguar. Uh, and, you know, we can't wait to see what, you know, all three uh, women do for, for the women's hockey in the future here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, I was pulling up a uh, an article and a bunch of music started playing. <laughs> um, I, I do want to I do want to call out that uh, they announced the so it was for the CCM AHCA women's hockey all-american team um so the first team i just want to give a shout out to the to these women arian frank frankel a junior a junior goalie for northeastern um she was the first team goalie uh lindsey browning a junior for cornell was was second team um the first team defensemen were jamie bournay the senior from a senior defenseman from cornell and jincy dunn a senior from ohio state the second team on defense were Skylar Fontaine, junior from Northeastern, and Ella Shelton, a senior from Clarkson. The first team forwards, I mean, I, I just named the three of them, the three uh, Patty Casme Award finalists, Elizabeth Jaguer, Elena Mueller, and Abby Rock. The second team forwards were Sarah Fillier, a sophomore from Princeton, Emma uh, Maltis, a junior from Ohio State, and then Daryl Watts, a junior for Wisconsin. So, Wow. Shout out to all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but before we move on here, Tony, I do want to point out real quickly, Hobie Baker, um, you know, the the two that were contending with, with Perunovich, and that was North Dakota's Kawaguchi. Um, and uh, this one kind of shocked me a little bit just because I don't think we highlighted him so much throughout the year. Um, but uh, one of the guys in the running here was uh, – goaltender out of Maine, Jeremy Swayman. Um, and when I pulled up his stats for the year, uh, I was kind of blown away that, that this kid um, is an elite goaltender. Uh, and are we shocked that he, that goaltender and Maine are in the same sentence here, but <laughs> um, you know, goalie you out there. Um, and, uh, but no, he, the NHL, he, I believe he, he just signed recently. I'm going to cover this uh, with, with Boston uh, Boston's got a great guy. Uh, the date that Tuka Rask uh, hangs up the skates or, or gets moved uh, out of there, out of Boston. Um, Jeremy, with the stats he he posted in his career, especially this past season, 
Um, Boston's got a good goaltender coming up there. So stick test for Jeremy. Kyle Gucci, um, just outstanding lights out offense. <laughs> uh, what can you say about the kid? I mean, he lit it up this year. Um, and North Dakota, um, you know, uh, they were they were putting a, a hell of a run for why they could have been the the national champions this year. But you know, like it's, you know, like like the theme of this whole of this whole recording is uh, we we won't know. But uh, but those were the two guys that were with Scott Perunovich, the top the final three in the Hobie Baker Award. And and I do want to call out the All American team, and and I'm only going to go into the first team because men's breaks it down into the East and West. Um, First team All-Americans in um, in the East, Jeremy Swayman, as you mentioned, the junior goalie from Maine. Uh, on defense, David Ferentz, the junior, the junior from BU. Jack Rathbone, uh, the sophomore from Harvard. On at forward, Morgan Barron, a junior from Cornell. Jack Duggan, a sophomore from Providence, and John Leonard, a junior from UMass. In the West, it, the goalie was Dryden McKay. Do you know where Dryden's from? I do not. He's from Downers Grove. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, the sophomore goalie from Minnesota State. Uh, Ian Mitchell, the, a junior defenseman from, from Denver. Uh, Scott Pernovich uh, from Duluth. Jordan Kawaguchi from North Dakota was a forward. Hugh McGing, the senior forward from Western Michigan. And then Mark Michaelis, a senior forward from Minnesota State. So um, some good representation. And another good German uh, headed to the NHL. Um, in Mark Michaelis, uh, he has signed with uh, with Vancouver. So another German forward coming into the NHL. Yeah, there we go. Stick taps. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of talent uh, listed there. And you said there was a, probably a second team listed. And I'm sure there's great talent there on those two. If I'm not mistaken, I think when I took a look, it might possibly the second team might be majority from one program. That's how much second talent there or that's how much talent yeah. there is out there. Yeah, in, in the West, three of them are from Duluth. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of talent. Duluth. I mean, are we shocked? I mean, they put up two national championships. Their their recruiting has been outstanding for the last five plus years, if even longer. So, uh, no shock there. But uh, the one that I really uh, I'm, I'm not shocked by, and I'm glad that you know you you mentioned it, is uh, David Ferentz out of BU because I remember. Uh, come the bean pot, I was really highlighting him as one of the really the game changers in the bean pot for BU. Um, in those games that that went to overtime, um, he played outstanding that whole tournament. Uh, Dave, Fer- he he's a hell of a guy in the blue line there. Um, and I don't think he signed with anybody, not that I'm aware of. Um, so if he's coming back to BU for next season, BU is going to get another. He's just going to keep getting better and better on the blue line. So BU, the you know. They're they're getting a keeping a good one for for the time being. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me let me pull it up. I uh, I have Hockey Inc. had a really nice, well done, um, well done chart to check who signed. Uh, Bu, no, he's he's coming back, or it appears he's coming back. Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge. That's huge for BU um, because he's going to be really the core of that blue line, uh, and really he's going to be the core of that team. I, I would imagine next season, um, he uh, he kind of gives he kind of reminds me a little bit of a of a Charlie McAvoy in, in the sense of his uh, hockey IQ at such a uh, young age. So 
uh, BU Div. That's that's good for BU. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Tony, but let's uh, because we have quite a few signings here. Um, and you know, I think you and I were just talking about this before we jumped on the recording here. Um, possibly a lot of these signings could be in uh, reflected um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, that's obviously a subject for opinion, but um, you know, there was a lot of signings in the, in the last few weeks, uh, the moment the season's wrapped up. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how you want to, you want to just go, this, we'll just kind of alternate here and just go by conference here. Yeah, you want to start with the Atlantic? We'll go maybe yeah, we'll go alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. So, yep, yeah, the Atlantic Hockey, um, real quickly, uh, AIC uh, has two seniors that just signed. Uh, Blake Christensen, senior forward, uh, signing with uh, Bakersfield on the AHL. And uh, going with him to Bakersfield is uh, Janice Jacks, uh, senior defenseman. Uh, Sacred Heart. Uh, who had an outstanding run this season um, is losing senior Jason Cotton. That's an A, Ca- Cotton. <laughs> losing him to Carolina in the NHL, uh, and he was the forward for Sacred Heart this year. Um, you got to think possibly, too, that's going to be a two-way contract for Jason Cotton, but we'll see. Uh, Kanish just losing three guys uh, to signings. Matt Hoover, senior, going to the ECHL Utah. Uh, Nick Hutchinson, senior, going in to the ECHL uh, for Adirondack. Adirondack. Uh, Adirondack. I typed that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to butcher this very short name, I'm sure, but Matt Steef. That's how I uh, pronounced it. Defenseman out of Canisius is senior, uh, signing also in the ECHL with Idaho. Ah, uh, Steelheads. <laughs> and then the Stars, I believe. And then last but not least, Mercyhurst is losing senior forward James Anderson uh, to the ECHL at Worcester. Okay. And that is all I got for the Atlantic hockey. Not a ton in, in the Atlantic. Uh, not a ton. I, I guess we'll tra- transition into a conference that is losing a few, that is losing a few more. And that's the big 10. Um, you might be surprised to hear this. Michigan only has one guy signed. Um they had a couple guys drafted that didn't sign it again. Like you said, I, I really wonder how many of these teams didn't pull the trigger on players because of, because of COVID. I'm honestly shocked to see as many ECHL signings as I did, yeah. um, to be honest with you. So you have to imagine that it's not a finish out the year type of contract and it's more of a all right, Get we're, your career going. We're, we're, this is going to be signing you for next season. If, yeah. if, if that happens, anytime soon um so will lockwood the senior forward for michigan he signed an nhl contract with the vancouver canucks uh michigan state saw four guys sign four seniors um jared roseberg is signed a deal with the dallas stars in all likelihood he's probably going to see some time down in cedar park in the ahl uh patrick kodorenko senior forward for the spartans signed with the rangers and then they had a couple guys sign deals in the echl uh, Brutus Gaffari, a defenseman, signed with Toledo. And then Logan Lambin um, going, you know, maybe an hour down 69 into Kalamazoo to play for the K-Wings. <laughs> uh, Minnesota, one of the youngest teams in the country, along with Wisconsin, uh, only lost one player, uh, or at least one player signed a pro contract. They might have lost more than that. But that's Tyler Nan. He signed a deal with Hershey in the AHL. Notre Dame saw three guys sign pro contracts. Um, all three of them going to the AHL, which is kind of surprising for a program like Notre Dame. 
um, you got to wonder if there's some other seniors out there that are kind of waiting and maybe signing NHL deals this off season. Michael Leary, a senior forward signed with Hartford in the AHL. Tori Dello, a defenseman, signed a deal with Grand Rapids in the AHL. And then Cal Burke, a senior forward, signed a deal with Colorado in the AHL. Ohio State saw one guy sign a pro contract this year. That was Tanner Luzinski. No shock there as he's been a he's been a beast for the Buckeyes for the last four years. He signed a deal with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Penn State was the team that I saw the most players sign Sign. They saw four guys go to the NHL. Uh, Evan Barrett, the junior forward for Penn State, signed a deal with Chicago. Colt, Colt Holt, a junior defenseman, he signed a deal with Los Angeles. Brandon Burrell, the senior forward, is going to Buffalo. And then Nate Susi, the senior forward, heading to Arizona. Um, the, on, uh, the only guy not heading to the NHL is Liam Folks, who the senior forward signed a deal with Bakersfield. So another guy heading to Bakersfield. Wisconsin then saw three guys sign pro deals. Max Zimmer, the senior forward, he signed a deal with Charlotte in the AHL. And then the the two probably biggest signings in the Big Ten, honestly, and neither of them to me are shocks. And I think we can we can kind of talk a little bit more about the Big Ten after this one. But Alex Turcotte, freshman forward, uh, heading to LA, not really a big shot there. I felt of everybody on Wisconsin's team between him and the next guy I'm about to mention, we're probably the most pro-ready. And then Keandre Miller, the sophomore defenseman for the Badgers, heading to the Rangers. Yeah, I saw – I mean, I got a few comments for the Big Ten. One, that's being Minnesota, not only losing one guy. That's key for them going into next season. Minnesota really had a had a really good – I want to say s'more second half of this, this past season, Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony. for sure. And they were really making a push for a playoff run, especially at least in the Big Ten playoffs here, uh, really trying to make a, their final run for a top 16 in the big tournament. Uh, so to get a lot of their guys back for next season, that's huge for them. So they're getting all that all that experience they just got this past season. Um, what so I think is going to hurt is maybe Penn State losing all those guys. Oh, no, one, 100%. And Minnesota's a team that, you know, they, they lost three seniors. And, and judging by, you know, where they played, I, I'm not sure the other two really saw a ton of action. Um, so, yeah, they're returning a big piece. One of them, uh, I, I can't remember his name. I should. He's a sophomore forward from Finland, Sampo Ranta. There was a lot of question. I can't remember who he's a draft pick of. Let me let me pull up his, his bio here. I've got a fun story for you when, when we're off the air about him. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> um, but he's he was a third round draft pick of of Colorado, so there's a lot of thought that he might jump to the NHL. But he's coming back for his junior year. Wow! So I mean, yeah. So it, there's going to be some interesting pieces that to you know at play in the Big Ten next year. Uh, one being, can Penn State the guys that they lost can they fill in the spots that they're losing because uh, they're losing a lot of talent from those. Uh, you know, five, six names that you dropped. So uh, good, good news for them. Um, I, I'm jumping the gun here because I know where I'm going to cover transfer a little bit later on. They got probably one of the top, like top transfers in the country. So Tim Doherty, who is Maine's leading, I believe he is one of their leading scorers, if not their leading scorer. He was over a point per game guy with 37 points in 34 games. They're getting him as a grand transfer who will be immediately eligible. Oh, wow. That's huge. And I feel like that we're going to see a lot more of that for um, not just college hockey, but I think all of uh, college sports, uh, you know, 
I think we're finally seeing maybe the NCAA do something right here. And they're offering up a lot of the, uh, you know, for the guys that probably are losing something, you know, eligibility wise, or we're going to, they're letting, you know, you know, depending on the sport, uh, they're granting them, uh, you know, an extra year right so, away or, so or that, don't have to sit out. That won't, that's only spring sports. So that's going to, that's going to impact spring sports, hockey, basketball, um, are kind of SOL at this point. But I think, I think you're onto something though with grand transfers. I, the fact that we're seeing it more and more, especially this year, it looks like there's one, two, three, there's like 12 or so grad transfers at this time that have, that have already, you know, made a move to a new team and they're going to have immediate eligibility. And you got to think the longer that this pandemic keeps going on, which, you know, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not here to speculate on that. That's not my profession. I'm not a, I'm not an expert by any means, but you know, I can, I can give my opinion and I think it's going to go for a little bit longer here. So you got to think the longer the pandemic continues in the U S um, the more, I guess, willing the NCAA is, I, I feel like they're going to have to be for these guys that want to, that are going to want to transfer, especially the grad transfers, grad transfers are one and done. I mean, they got one year left and then, they're either making their stamp there to go with pro or they're retiring and, and going off to the workforce or whatever they're going to do. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and you got to think too, you know, I wonder if maybe some of these guys kind of figured that was going to happen and they're going, Hey, let me see if I can get that, that extra year going as a grad transfer. Um, if, if we've got, so I mean, you said we have about 12 so far um, that are going right away. They're not missing anything. So, I mean, possibly are, you know, are, could they be seeing a trend here because, you know, maybe the pandemic is playing a, a piece in, in this with the NCAA, who knows uh, that that's just my opinion. Um, but, you know, it's good. It's good at least to see that these guys are not going to be jeopardized by this. And they're giving the, the, the green light to say, Hey, yeah, go at, you know, transfer. You're going to play next season. So there's also been talk, this is, I, I want to say pre-pandemic and everything that, you know, we're seeing, there's, I think there's a lot of talks with the NCAA starting to get, you know, a little bit more flexible in transfers. I know, especially in non, non-revenue non sports, you see it a lot more common that, and, and I've definitely seen it in, you know, I follow women's volleyball very closely and, you know, I see it fairly frequently that, you know, women get an immediate eligibility and you got to wonder if, I've I've heard that there's rumblings that there's a potential that the NCAA may look to give players. And I wish they'd do this in every sport. Honestly, you get one free transfer where you don't have to lose any, you don't sit out, you don't lose any eligibility, anything like that. You get one transfer after that, you have to pay the price. But so it'll be interesting to see, but which I would like to see that too. That I, I mean, that makes sense because I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like, if you're just going to college, you don't know until you get there, right? So, I mean, these kids are signing with a team, committing to whatever institution. They're being told that, hey, you're going to play right away, or, hey, we got a spot for you. Hey, you put in the work. You could probably crack the lineup. For whatever reason, that doesn't happen. Um, and I'm not just talking hockey. It's in all sports. Um, yeah. Oh, my and God. It's yeah. in, and it's unfortunate. You know, these – you know. <laughs> These recruiters and these coaches, they're basically salesmen. They sold you on why you need to come here. Um, 
whether you believed it or not, whether it's true or not, they sold you on why you need to come to an Ohio state, why you got to come to Quinnipiac for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, that's their job. So I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to shit on the recruiters and, and the coaches for in that regards. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to get the best talent out there. But at the same time, these kids only get four, maybe five years to, to do their thing in, in, in college. If one of them, it feels like they're wasting their time sitting on the bench for more than one year. I mean, you got to give them, you know, from the NCAA, I, I think this is a good move for them give them that one free pass. Hey, no pen, no penalization. Uh, here's your basically get out of jail free card, pick whatever institution or, you know, talk to whatever institution you can play next season. And after that, if you, if you pick the wrong institution again, <laughs> well, now you're paying the price. I, so, I mean, I I'm with you. I think that's a good, if the NCAA makes that move, I think that's a smart, and that's a good move for them. Uh, for you know, God only knows they they need some good publicity coming their way at some point. Well, hey, in in a good positive note about the NCA, you don't hear that very often because it isn't very often. Is this year they passed, and and I I might be a little bit more in the know on this given wh- where I what I do for a living, but they have like looked, they've lowered their like requirements for like the NCA clearinghouse or whatever the hell it's called now, but. So it's you don't have to hit as many like criteria or get a certain grade because so many high schools are going to pass fail this year. Yeah. Well. Oh. So yeah, that's good to hear. Then. So at least at least they're taking baby steps to get a little bit better here. <laughs> and, and you know, you you figure if a coach can up and leave, why can't a player? Like, and we see it all the time. Us. And we see it all the yeah. time. I mean, let's. I mean. Yeah. This is just going to because it's going to sign bias, but it's but because I we saw it firsthand. Um, but um, you know, in Detroit, um, you know what's uh, what's his name? Blashill. Blashill. Blashill came to Western for one year, did a hell of a job recruiting, hell of a job. Yeah, he got an offer. You, I mean, honestly, if I'm in the same position, you, it's an offer that you can't refuse, right? I mean, coaches, players, whatever. The ultimate goal for all these guys is to get to the NHL. Blashill mm-hmm. took his opportunity to go behind the bench as an assistant in the NHL. Ultimately, he ended up as the head coach of GR that paid his way <laughs> to being the head coach of Detroit. He was a one and done at Western. I think at Western, um, at least for me, I, I kind of resented him for a very short time just because I couldn't believe it because Western turned the program around in one season with him. Um but you know, Andy Murray did a hell of a job with with what he was given in the circumstances. So I I gave up on hating Jeff Blashill until he became the Detroit Red Wings head coach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, then then it was a hate for a different reason. Yeah, but uh, but no, I agree with you, Ty. I mean, these coaches, you know, if if they're not in the long haul, like a Jerry York or like we just talked about in Dartmouth, thirty plus years. Um, you know, Andy Murray is going on 10 years now at Western. Can you believe that? I know it's crazy. So, I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not like these, some of these coaches, you know, UMD, um, you know, who've co- been coaching 10 plus years, some of these guys have been there for one and done. Uh, the last one I can think of is, uh, um, the head coach for the New York Rangers. He coached BU for what, maybe two, three seasons if that. And then boom, he he was gone. Um, so uh, and and they get no 
no penalty towards them. So I, I'm with you, Tony. I mean, if the coaches can do it, why why can't players do it at least one time? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, but Tony, let's skip shift back to the Big Ten because there's a couple of things I did want to highlight. Uh, at, at least in Wisconsin, um, Turcock and Keandre, I agree. These two were uh, signings everybody knew was going to happen. Turcock, I think, signed literally the day before the NHL, (laughs) or at least the LA Kings, stopped their season. So he got to LA. I think he practiced with them for maybe a day, and then boom, uh, season was over. So um, that one probably hurt a little bit. On the positive side, if there's any positive side, uh, his season at Wisconsin – ended I think within the remaining days of that week anyways um so hockey for him ended whether he stayed or he went so he signed a nice contract with LA um and he had a hell of a year with Wisconsin I think we you know we all saw that signing coming same with Keandre um one of the best one of the better defensemen in college hockey this season um like you said he was uh NHL ready uh, he, he's got very good hockey IQ on the blue line. Um, he's a great player. Um, it's very unfortunate what he went through a few weeks ago on social media. Um, that that's you know, hopefully he um, is doing well, him and his family, because that that was I, I couldn't believe that was bullshit. What I read, uh, what some of the Ranger fans did to him on social media. So um, you know, hopefully he's uh, powering through that. He's going to show them uh, why they're all wrong when he gets on the ice within a Rangers uniform next season. Um, I think the second biggest news, though, out of Wisconsin, Tony, is the fact that Cole Caulfield uh, announced he was coming back for his sophomore season because I think there was a lot of people that thought this kid was going to sign to Montreal after one year. Me, personally, I didn't think it would have been a good move for him. Um, I think he needs another year to develop more of a defensive side to his offense. The offense is there. We know it. I think he needs his his size doesn't help either. Yeah, I think he needs to build a little bit more muscle. Um, you know, a little. You know, he needs to get the body NHL ready. Um, but like really, for me, it's more. He he doesn't play any defense. I mean, it, it's not just him. Wisconsin's defense this year was terrible. <laughs> That's the reason why they went fourteen and twenty this year, and they went seven and fifteen in the conference. I mean, the offense was there, but the, they could never back it up with the defense. Um. And that's not just from the blue line. That's also from the forwards. And, and he was one of them. I mean, he, once they were out of the offensive zone, it was basically, oh, I'll just kind of wait and see when we get the puck next or he jumped off the ice. So that's another part of the game that I, I think that it's good for him that he's coming back um, with Tony Granato um, still at Wisconsin. I think he's going to really help him get build a good 200-foot game, send him to Montreal, I you know, after a year or two, I I would have I would imagine he's going to be gone after a sophomore season, um, okay. and then Montreal will they're going to get a, a really <laughs> an elite score uh, in Cole Caulfield. Absolutely. Hey, I want to jump back to Blasio real quick because okay. I just wanted to look something up. You do you think he gets fired this year? Um, I don't think so because I think Detroit had already come out publicly and said that he's their guy for one more year. Okay, because so the 2011-2012 Detroit Red Wings, you ready to hear their, their like head coach and two assistants? Yeah. Mike Babcock, fired. Bill Peters, fired. 
Jeff Blasho may be fired. Like, what a bad year for that coaching staff this year. Well, and Bill Peters, I just saw that he just signed a uh, deal out in, I think, in Europe somewhere to be a head coach. So, um, at least I think it was him. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, Was he going to go coach in the KHL with Creek? Yeah, he possibly could be. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, no, the reason I don't think Blasio will get fired at least going into next season um, like I said, I think Detroit – I think Yeiserman really likes him. I think the front office has already publicly – I could be wrong, but I could have sworn they publicly had already stated that he's their guy going into next season. And the reason being, at least this is what I believe is the reason, is he is a very good developer of, of young players, which is the reason why they loved him at Grand Rapids. He got guys like Tyler Pertuzzi, Danny DeKaiser, and so forth um, – I think he also was the reason to get uh, Tomas Tatar, uh, Gustav Nyquist, those guys ready for the NHL. He's a good develop. Now, it, it, do you want a developer at the NHL? Probably not. You probably want some guys that are already developed. But but you but you have to figure with the team he has. I mean, that was a terrible team. I remember yeah. going to a game and watching them play. I was like, who the hell are these guys? It's like. It's like in the movie Major League when the the grounds guys are like, this team's shitty. <laughs> like, and the people in the bars are in like, who the hell are these yeah, guys? I think in a couple more years, you can consider abdic- abdicator as Joe Boo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not Serrano, the actual yeah. the voodoo doll. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, not to get away from college hockey, I think Detroit's other issue is that they got a bad combination of really good young players and a lot of old players they're hanging on to. They need to kind of cut the cord with some of those players and really, I think, get their, you know, they need to start looking for more talent elsewhere in trades and, and moves. And hopefully they got enough talent in GR. We see, we're seeing a couple of college players go to GR. Um, I know I had a couple that in the list I went through, you just mentioned one. So um, I, have a, I have one or two more as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, I think that's how, I think that if, if for at least one more, I think that's why they're going to keep Blash Hill because they're going to hopefully get those guys from the uh, AHL and Blash Hill can kind of mold them and, hopefully put a winner together. I mean, we've seen him win at all all areas. He was a winner at Western for that one year. I mean, he put a great season. He's won the Calder with Grand Rapids. He's put a lot of winning seasons with Grand Rapids. Uh, he was he was coached under under Rico at, at Miami, yeah. and he was extremely successful in the USHL. Yeah, and so, I mean, and in those teams, he was dealt good hands. He hasn't been dealt a good hand in Detroit. He's been dealt good certain good players, um, but he's never been dealt a good hand. So I think that's the, that, that's what, why Yeiserman, uh stepped down in Tampa Bay and, and wanted to come to Detroit, and Detroit willingly signed him. He was successful as a GM down there. And I, So you you think, if you're a Detroit fan, and I hate to say this because he's a Hawks fan, even though Detroit's not in the division anymore, um, there I think there's a lot to look forward to in Detroit with Yeiserman at the helm and for the time being, Blashill. They they they've really got to suck for a couple of years and hit hit the jackpot on a couple draft picks. Yeah, and that's how I, most teams the Hawks did it for a long time. They sucked for a long time, and we, we lucked out with Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and um, a lot of other good picks early in the two thousand. So um, you know, I agree with you. So it's just you got to get you got to put a good group in front of Blasio, and, and he'll 
he'll start winning games. Absolutely. So I think I think I'm probably up next again with the ECAC when it comes to signings. Eh? You are because you want to go alphabetical. Yeah, let's that's easier. Um, so not a ton of signings in the ECAC. I honestly expected to see a little bit more, um, especially with the teams that Cornell and Clarkson had. Uh, so Brown had two had two seniors sign. Um, Zach Guitari, he's a senior defenseman, signed with Hartford in the AHL. Uh, Brent Bedoin, I don't, I might have butchered that name. I apologize, Brent. Um, a senior forward signed with Worcester in the ECHL. Uh, Clarkson saw two guys sign H- AHL deals. Senior forward Devin Brasso signed with Bakersfield, so another guy signing with Bakersfield. Greg Morrow, a senior defenseman, signed with Stockton of the AHL. Colgate saw uh, Bobby McMahon, a senior forward, signed with Toronto in the AHL. Uh, Cornell had Jeff Malott, not Malort, Malott, <laughs> sign with uh, Manitoba in the AHL. Um, Dartmouth, I mentioned this earlier, had a, had a sophomore, Drew O'Connor, sophomore forward, signed with the Penguins. Jack Bedini, a junior forward for Harvard, signed with Anaheim. Um, Quinnipiac saw Alex Whelan, Whelan, a senior forward, signed with Hartford in the AHL. RPI had uh, senior defenseman Will Riley signed with Pittsburgh. And then um, not to – it just comes up on my list next – uh, Brinson Pashanuk, a senior defenseman from Arizona State, signed with San Jose. So give give the Sun Devils some love. All right. Um, I don't have much to say on the ECAC on the signings, except the fact that I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of shocked that um, Cornell and Clarkson didn't have more signings. I wonder if they, they have a lot of just young talent that's, that is just able to stick around and, um, you know, next season maybe – maybe finish what they kind of started this season. Yeah. Oh my God. If, if, if Cornell's returning that entire team. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be kind of scared if I'm not, I'm, I would be scared of not just the ECAC, but uh, college hockey too, when it comes to playoffs and not conference games. So um, that will be interesting to look at next season when, when we get the season started. So, um, but I think I'm next, right? Hockey East comes up. Um, share some good ones. And I have uh, I have quite a list here in Hockey East, but I don't think that's a shocker considering I think Hockey East is one of the largest conference – no, second largest. I take that back uh, to the ECAC. Um, but I had nine teams out of the 11 have signings. Uh, one of them I think is going to be shocking, but I'll get to that at the end here. I'm just going to go down the line here. Uh, Boston College is losing three guys this uh, year to the uh, – to the pros, uh, senior David Cotton uh, forward going in the NHL for Carolina. Um, and then two going to Finland, actually for the same team, Kyle Puh. I, I, I don't know if those if that's shortened for anything. That's what was listed. I, I, I give you props for trying to pronounce it. Yeah, I'm, sure I, it's, I'm sure it's completely wrong. But um, senior defense, Jesper Matilio. And junior forward, uh, this is just a – Long shot of me getting this correct. Uh, Apelli Rasisinen, uh, <laughs> completely butchered. Uh, both, like I said, going to Finland for the same team, Kalpa. Uh, so uh, congratulations out there. Good luck to you boys in Finland, especially. Um, UMass is losing three uh, to the pros. Uh, Mitchell 
Chaffee, uh, junior forward, is going to Minnesota in the NHL. Uh, John Leonard, senior forward, is heading to San Jose in the NHL. And Jake McLaughlin, senior defense. Um, they listed Vegas AHL, but uh, I'm not aware of an AHL team being Vegas. So for those people that don't oh, know, that's the Chicago Wolves. I, I think I think they actually just did get a team in Vegas. See, I think I I want to say San Jose is moving there. That or San, not San Jose, San Antonio. Okay, so I thought that too, and then I I threw it up in the good old interwebs there, and nothing populates. So I, for the time being, I'm just gonna say right now he's with the Chicago Wolves. But if that uh, if we do find that to be concrete, we I can change yeah, that. Yeah, no, that that is the case. The San Antonio Rampage are moving to the Vegas area. All right, so they were owned by the Spurs, and they have agreed to sell the franchise to Vegas. This was back in February. And they will relocate to the Las Vegas Valley area at the conclusion of this season. So now. Okay. So I stand corrected, Tony. That's why we fact check each other, even while we're recording. Um, so Chicago Wolves, so they're going to need to find a new home to send their players to from the AHL. So that will be interesting. So, uh, so I, like I said, I stand collect, corrected. Jake Malock, McLaughlin is heading to Vegas uh, in the AHL. Um, Bain, uh, only had one. We've already talked about him. Uh, Hobie Baker finals, Jeremy Swayman, junior goaltenders heading to Boston. Uh, UConn, who had a pretty successful, uh, season this year is only losing one. They're losing senior defenseman Wyatt Newpower to the Cleveland. Uh, are they still the Cleveland monsters in AHL? <laughs> I thought they were the Lake Erie in the AHL. Let me look it up. I think they should switch to Cleveland. I could be wrong, but he is heading to Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland Monsters. Heading to Cleveland in the AHL. Jeez, those teams change their <laughs> names so often. My God. There's one person, I think, in this world, Tony, that you and I both know that keeps up with that. And he's sitting out there out east. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, BU uh, is losing four guys to the pros. Uh, Cam Crotty, junior defenseman, is heading to Arizona in the NHL. Uh, Patrick Curry, senior forward, is heading to Grand Rapids in the AHL. Uh, Patrick Harper, senior forward, is heading to Nashville for the NHL. And I think I mentioned this earlier in the episode, Trevor Zegras is the freshman forward heading to Anaheim in the NHL. Um, Another one that I think I mentioned earlier, Northeastern Tyre Madden, sophomore forward, who had a great campaign and that was cut short due to injury, uh, is heading to Los Angeles in the NHL. Uh, New Hampshire is losing one Max Gilden Jr. defenseman going to Florida for the NHL, playing for Coach Hugh. Um, Merrimack is losing Griff Jessica, senior forward. He is heading to Worcester in the ECHL. Uh, they are also losing Sammy Tav- Tavernieri. I probably butcher that. Uh, forward, senior forward heading to Syracuse in the ECHL. And this is where... Oh, he's going he's gonna to go hang out with Witter. Yeah. And this is where um, I kind of was a little bit shocked here, considering Vermont only won two games this year, but they had four signings. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's I knew you would react that way. Um, so right, right out the bat, Matt Alvaro, senior forward, is going to Orlando in the ECHL. Uh, Thomas Beretta, senior forward, is heading to Norfolk in the ECHL. Stefanos Likas, senior goaltenders, heading to Fort Wayne in the ECHL. Oh, he's nearby. Uh, Derek Lottermiri 
is senior forward heading to Manitoba in the AHL. Um, so oh, they had an AHL signing in there. Yeah, so he had the all. You probably thought I only had ECHLs, but no, I had eight AHL in there. So those are my hockey East signings. I'm not shocked by Tyler Madden or Trevor Z- uh, Zegras from BU and Northeastern. Um, Jeremy Swayman as well. Um, those three guys um, had outstanding seasons this past year. Um, I th- it, you can make the argument that Tyler Madden was a good portion of Northeastern success this year. Um, oh, absolutely. And it was unfortunate that a season had to come to an end to injury before COVID-19. So that, that timing just sucks for him. Uh, but hopefully he bounces back and LA is going to get a, uh, hopefully he's as gritty as his dad was when he played in the IHL. His dad was one hell of a face off and power or penalty kill player. So, but I think Tyler Mann's got a little bit more scoring in him than his dad, but we'll see <laughs> when he gets to the pros. Um, but, yeah, no, I was shocked, too. Vermont, four signings. Granted, yeah, ECHL and an AHL, but, I mean, four signings overall when you only win two wins or you only have two wins in your conference and five overall. Uh, so I don't know if that's – I don't know I don't know what played more probably the fact – well, I mean, they're all seniors, but, <laughs> you know, could they have any of them gone to be a grad transfer? I don't know. And maybe try to play an extra season. Who knows? Um, yeah. So the grad transfer is usually for those that graduate pretty much with their bachelor's in three years and they have that fourth year of eligibility left. So then they can go and transfer. Oh, see, there we go. That's why I have you on here. <laughs> Good for something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, we're not shocked. Hockey's has a lot of guys signing wherever they are ending up, whether it's overseas out in Europe, like I had the two guys in Finland, the NHL, AHL, or ECHL. Um, Hockey's had a lot of talent this year, uh, and this was one of the most competitive conferences in, in college hockey this past season. So um, there's no no shocker here with all these guys going uh, to the professional level and getting their careers started, so uh, stick taps to them. Um, but I think I'm not done. I believe I follow up next in the NCHC. Um, and this list is actually a little bit shorter than I kind of anticipated. Uh, so let's just get this going. Uh, North Dakota um, is only losing three guys. Weston Michaud, senior forward, is heading to Manitoba in the AHL. Uh, Colton Poolman is a senior defenseman heading to Calgary in the NHL. Uh, Cole Smith is a senior forward heading to Nashville in the NHL. Uh, UMD Bulldogs, uh, we already mentioned, is losing Scott Perinovich, Hobie Baker winner, defenseman's going to St. Louis. Uh, Justin Richards, another junior forward, is going to the New York Rangers. Uh, Dylan Sandberg, junior defenseman, another defenseman, uh, going to Winnipeg in the NHL. And then Nick Wolf, uh, senior defenseman. Nick Wolf had a good season this year and had a really nice career for UMD overall is uh, heading to Boston in the NHL. Denver, uh, this is where it kind of gets scary if I'm in the NCHC. Denver's losing one guy so far. Uh, and, and, uh, go ahead. I got something to add after you finish this this person. Okay, and that's Ian Mitchell, junior defenseman, going to the Chicago Blackhawks, which I think, Tony, you mentioned earlier in, this, in the recording. What's scary about that, they're only losing that – they might be losing more, but only one NHL signing – but they add Steven Jandrick, a forward from Alaska. He was the team's top forward with 33 points. Okay, you, you think, oh, that's a nice add, a nice grad transfer, immediate eligibility. 
Apparently, they're also about to add Bo Hansen, a defenseman from St. Lawrence, who is the team's top forward or top defenseman with about 19 points, another grad transfer. So they're adding two seniors to, to this already probably very old team. I'm, I'm super excited to see this battle next, hopefully next year, between North Dakota and Denver. Yeah, um, Denver, kind of like we talked about with a couple other teams in the other conferences, like Minnesota, not losing a lot and gaining more uh, going into next season. So um, Denver's not a team that you normally sleep on regardless, but they're definitely not going to be sleep- a team you're sleeping on next year either. So, uh, like I said, if you're in the NCHC, Denver – uh, it's going to be interesting. And the fact that North Dakota is keeping Kawaguchi for one more year, um, that that's going to be, like you said, that's going to be one hell of a battle, uh, North Dakota-Denver. Um, it looks like they're losing four players. And, again, three of these guys might not ever play. Yeah. So, oh, look, looks like two of them have A's on their jerseys. So Okay. So, but, you know, we'll see how that plays. Like, like you said, though, they're, they're gaining – a lot of talent from elsewhere from transfers. So um, Denver's still sitting in a good spot if, if they're in the NCHC. Um, yeah. Next, uh, I think this is – they might have the most professional signings, at least up to this date, I possibly in the entire college hockey. I could be wrong, and that's Western Michigan. Uh, Wade Allison, senior forward, going to Philadelphia Flyers. Dawson DPH, or senior forward, is heading to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Cam Lee, senior All right. I'll sorry about that uh, technical difficulty we just had there. Um, continuing on with the uh, signings here uh, as we're wrapping it up. Uh, I think Tony last I uh, spoke before we had our technical difficulty was Cam Lee with Western Michigan. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. All right. All right. So just moving forward here, uh, staying with Western Michigan, wrapping them up, Hugh McGing, senior forward, uh, signing with St. Louis Blues. Uh the team he was drafted for, um, followed by Austin Ruschel, forward junior, uh, signing with the New York Rangers. And then not really a shocker here um, is because uh, a lot of scouts and uh, analysts <clears throat> projected him to do this. Um, also due to the fact that he has been pretty much NHL ready going into his freshman year as well. That's how uh, his hockey IQ has developed so quickly. Um, and that is Matthias uh, Samuelson, sophomore defenseman for Western Michigan, signing with the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL. So um, that's a big loss for Western. He was a huge key the last couple of years uh, on the blue line, really solidified that. And especially this year with the uh, 
freshman phenom Ronnie Attard joining him on that blue line. That was a young blue line with a lot of skill. Um, and so Western is definitely going to gonna miss Samuelson. But uh, like I said, he has been NHL ready from the get-go. Um, but just to finish up the NCHC, um, St. Cloud State uh, just is, is losing one to the, uh, to the pros. Jack Akan, senior defenseman, signing with Boston Bruins. Uh, out of Omaha, um, Timu Pulkinen, uh, senior forward. And I'm going to butcher this team name, but signing in Finland with Jurkarit. I'm sure that's completely incorrect how I said that. <laughs> and then last but not least here, um, out of Miami, Gordy Green, senior forward, very talented forward, signing in the AHL with the Toronto Marlies, but I'm sure he will be getting his shot with the Maple Leafs at some point. I, I have to believe that the reason he's in the AHL to start is due to his size, but he has got a lot of skill and talent on the ice that I think the Maple Leafs could benefit from. And Tony, that's all I got out of the NCHC. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of really good players. And I'm I'm a big fan of, of Jack Akon from uh, from St. Cloud. I think I really think Boston got a good one in him, a really solid defenseman. Yeah, there's a lot of talent coming out of the NCHC going into the pro ranks, whether it's the AHL or the NHL. Um, I don't see any uh, in my list here that were ECHL. So uh, it just shows the talent that the NCHC overall has been able to recruit and get ready for the professional levels um, at the AHL and the NHL uh, ranks there. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, and I, and I guess moving into, into the final conference as far as signings and that's the WCHA um, wasn't a ton compared to like the big 10, the NCHC or, or hockey East, but a lot of ECHL signings. And, and I guess we'll start in Alaska first. Logan Coombs, the senior forward, unlike you, I'm not going to try to say the name of the team, but he, he signed a professional contract over in France. Bowling Green, uh, senior defenseman Alex Ruhauser signed a D, uh, NHL deal with Florida. Fair State, this one is going to shock you. They had five guys sign pro contracts. Wow. <laughs> all, all five of them on the back end, all five of them in the ECHL. So starting out with goalie Austin Shaw, he signed an ECHL deal with Cincinnati. Defenseman Nate Callen signed a deal with Maine in the ECHL. Zach Yoder signed a deal with Toledo. Joe Rakowski signed a deal with Rapid City. And then Cam Clark signed with Wichita. Um, the last four, all being D-men, all signing in the ECHL. So they lost a, a good amount of players from, from that class. And you, you kind of wondered like the drop that that program's had, especially having so many seniors, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if, if this is a program that's going to be able to, you know, rebound moving forward. Uh, Alabama Huntsville had one player sign an ECHL contract. That was senior forward Austin Boulay. He signed with Utah uh, Lake Superior state had three players sign professional deals. Max Hummock, the senior forward signed with Grand Rapids in the AHL. Uh, Brian Basilico signed a, a deal with Kalamazoo in the ECHL. And then Braden Gelsinger signed an ECHL deal with Utah. Uh, Minnesota State made the most noise, not surprisingly, given the season they had. They had three guys sign professional contracts. Connor Mackey, a junior defenseman, signed with Calgary. Uh, Mark Michaelis, a senior forward, signed with Vancouver, which I mentioned that earlier. And then Charlie Garrard. 
uh, or Gerard, sorry, signed a, the senior forward signed with Colorado in the AHL. So that's really it for all of, all of the professional signings, probably all in all, maybe 70, 80 or so. And, and, you know, you and I talked about this, I believe before we went on air, I wonder how many more we would have had, had COVID-19 not hit. Yeah. I mean, cause the, the normal trend with college hockey, for those that don't follow it as closely as you and I do, um, you know, once these teams, you know, kind of, you know, tether off, you know, they, they lose in the playoffs, whatever they don't make the playoffs, you know, it's very common to see, you know, the NHL runs a little bit longer than college hockey. So, you know, it's, it's awesome to see these kids that, you know, they get their six games or so, you know, they get a shot at the pro. So we see a lot of signings right out, right out the gate. Once the team season ends, I mean, boom, the next day, some guys are already suiting up for, for a team, um, you know, Kale McCarr last year got a shot when the Avalanche made the playoffs and he made a huge impact for them in the playoffs, um, which I don't think was a shock to anybody considering the season he had at UMass and being the Hobie Baker winner. But, but no, I agree. I, you know, I wonder with COVID-19 um, seasons ending the way they probably know, you know, no one can ever really predict. Um, you just have to wonder, are some guys staying because they know that this is unfinished business for them? Did some guys sign because it's, it was basically, you know, I'm going to just take my shot now. I got, I, I can't sit around any longer. So, you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, the situation that we're all in here, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, you know, I wonder the impact of COVID-19. I, I do want to talk about that a little bit more in, in a moment, but I quickly want to jump into, into the into all the transfers that we've had so far. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I mentioned a few of them earlier, um, but just kind of going from team to team right now, from what I've seen doing my research, following some very, very uh, knowledgeable and trustworthy sources, um, it looks like there's about 18 transfers as of right now, and that number can can change as well. First and foremost, Sean Doogie, the a forward from Wisconsin, is transferring from uh, Wisconsin to Arizona State. In the article I read, it's unknown if he's – going to be granted immediate eligibility or if he's going to have to sit out a year he does have one more year of eligibility left Denver I mentioned is getting two really two really big pieces in grad transfers Steven Jandrick the the seat uh the forward from Alaska the team's top forward with 33 points last year and then uh St. Lawrence's top defenseman Bo Hans- Bo Hansen and both of them will have immediate availability for the Pioneers and and St. Lawrence has had a rough off season, man. So that's that's three players that they are losing to transfers. So that that's going to hurt for for that program. Um, additionally, Keenan Southers is transferring from St. Lawrence to Maine. Um, he should have, I believe, two. Uh, he should have another year left. I think he has one more year left of availability, but he must sit out this season. Um, Henry Johnson, the goaltender, going from Bemidji to Mercyhurst. He is a grand transfer, has immediate availability. Miami adding a couple players, but they must sit out for this season. Um, they're adding uh, forward Caleb Rule from Providence. He should have three more years of availability or of eligibility left. Uh, Jack Olmstead, a forward transferring from Michigan. He should have two more years left after he sits out this season. 
Michigan State adding Charlie Combs, uh, a grad transfer, a forward from Bemidji. Uh, Minnesota State adding a forward grad transfer from RPI and Todd Burgess. Johnny DeRoche, he's going to have to sit out this year, but he's uh, staying in Hockey East. The forward's going from Vermont to Northeastern. He, he'll have, I believe, two more years of eligibility left. Uh, another interconference uh, transfer is Johnny Choynik. He's going, the defenseman going from North Dakota to Omaha. He should have two more years of eligibility left. I mentioned Tim Doherty going to Penn State from Maine. Huge get for, for the Nittany Lions. Uh, Providence is adding, I believe it was Alaska's starting goaltender, but he, he did get a good amount of time last year if he wasn't. Um, Anton Martinson transferring from Alaska to Providence. He'll have immediate eligibility as a grad transfer. Jordan Timmons, a forward going from UConn to Robert Morris. He uh, just finished his sophomore season. He will have to sit out this year. St. Cloud getting a couple, getting a couple grad transfers. Uh, Jared Cockrell forward from Colgate uh, heading to St. Cloud. And then Seamus Donahue, a defenseman coming from Michigan Tech. Uh, UMass is adding a grad transfer from St. Lawrence and Carson Geiswick. Um, he is a forward. And then Robbie Boyden um, from Michigan Tech is transferring to Wisconsin. He is a goaltender and will have an opportunity to compete for that starting job immediately. And that is all we have in the transfer world. Yeah, so, I mean, I, there's a couple names that jump out at me. Um, first, you know, Wisconsin getting uh, the Michigan Tech goaltender. Um, I think that's a huge piece for Wisconsin. I, be- I believe he was their backup. He was their backup. Um, but what I'm getting at is, you know, Wisconsin's goaltending this past season was not the greatest by any means. It's not up to Wisconsin standards that I think we're, we've seen in years past. Um, and, you know, that's not solely on the goaltender. You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Wisconsin's defensive play all season was not the greatest. In fact, me personally, I would I would rank Wisconsin as one of the worst defensive teams in oh, in college hockey. Um, so you're putting a lot of pressure on the goaltender to keep you in games. Uh, and we saw there was games that they got it just they were blown out, and there were games that they kept it close. Um, so I mean, for the Michigan Tech goaltender, that's uh, you know he's going into a good spot there where you know he can really work for the uh, the starting job there. Uh, the one that uh, also jumps out to me is uh, Charlie Combs from Bemidji. Uh, who, who, where is he going again? Charlie Combs is going to Michigan State. Michigan So Michigan State, this is an interesting one. Charlie Combs played 33 games this season. And, you know, he's a goal scorer, 12 goals, 6 assists. Uh, he likes to shoot the puck. He had over 100 shots this season, um, and he had three game-winning goals. Uh, two of them being on the power play. So, I mean, this guy, he, he likes to shoot. He's a goal guy. You know, he likes to go get the goals. Uh, I think this is a, a kind of a big loss for Bemidji and a huge game for Michigan State, especially Michigan State, who kind of shocked college hockey this this past season and put, put together a pretty good season. Um, so that's really good for uh, Michigan State going into next season. So they're going to get a nice goal scorer out of Charlie Combs there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple big high-profile ones that that are going to come in and have immediate uh, immediate impact. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so the, the transfers, it's going to be interesting how they play. The, all the programs that they're transferring from and transferring to, it's big losses for the, the teams that are losing them, like you mentioned, St. Lawrence. Uh, but the programs that are that they're going to, they're they're gaining big pieces like Penn State, Michigan State and Wisconsin and so forth. So, um, you know, we'll see how those play out 
uh, for the ones that can, that are going to be able to play right away. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I wonder how much, you know, I, I'm not even certain about next season at this point. Um, there's a lot of talk that they're not going to have large, large gatherings of people until, you know, possibly early 2021. And it'll be interesting to see, like, not only with the transfers, but in general, how next season is going to be impacted um, with all of this. Yeah, I mean, it kind of segues into what, you know, you know, Tony, you wanted to talk about, and that's COVID-19. And, and it's it's no shock to the world, um, you know, what we're facing is, is in the world today. Uh, a lot of things have changed. Uh, the norm, uh, you know, is definitely going to be different. Um, you know, I've been following the news, uh, you know, here and there each week. And, you know, one week you hear President Trump mention that, you know, his goal is to have uh, sports back up and running, you know, by September, that's his goal. And then there's another week where it doesn't seem too bright and that, you know, maybe sports might start up in the fall, but we won't have, uh, stadiums and arenas filled with, with fans, uh, for a little bit. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a huge change that's coming not only in college hockey, but, uh, around the world, what's going on. Yeah, and for all of you that listen that don't that don't know, I I work in higher ed, and you know, kind of seeing what's what's going on and what stances a lot of universities are taking. I mean, I, I think a lot of them right now are fully planning to be you know on campus in the fall, but it's it's so tough to say. Like like you just said, I mean, right now certain cities, certain certain states are starting to kind of open back up a little bit slowly but surely. Um, so, so we, we shall see, but, you know, I, I know there are a lot of, you know, high profile, high level administrators within athletic departments that are having to take pay cuts. There are head coaches having to take pay cuts and stuff like that, just because of the, the budget loss from, you know, the NCAA tournaments and that didn't happen. And then right now you look at the NCAA football season being in, in jeopardy. And I, I hate to get too negative, about college hockey, but I wonder if, if there will be any programs that if college football doesn't happen, will this program exist anymore? Cause we, we all know hockey is the most expensive sport to run out of any of the sports that these colleges have. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to mention the, the school that I read about this uh, earlier today, but um, it was, uh, I did read an article due to the pandemic that one coaching staff, I believe the trainers and, and basically everybody that's associated with the, the coaching staff was uh, let go except for the head coach due to the, due to the pandemic, which is unfortunate. So you're hoping that once this pandemic at some point, um, you know, comes down, you know, I think that's pretty, I think we, there's a consensus that we can agree on that at some point this pandemic is going to go away. It's just when, um, and when that happens, those people that, you know, for that one university that lost their jobs uh, this week, that head coach is going to look to probably hiring them back, you would think, um, because, you know, it, it's right now, it's just kind of, we're, you know, it's not just the programs, but everybody's just kind of scrapping and fighting to make ends meet in, in the times we're facing right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just such such uncertainty and you know, like we said before, it's such a shame that the season had to end um, as abruptly as it did with a lot of unfinished business for some of these teams. And you look at some of these teams that 
this might have been their last shot with with a core group of guys. I mean, you look at a team like Western Michigan, both of us are a little more familiar with them. They lost what seven guys this season. Yeah. That I mean, that was a team that if had they gotten into the NCAA tournament, they could have caused they could have made a lot of noise. So it's it's unfortunate, you know, you look at Cornell and men's and women's, you know, you look at Wisconsin women who didn't get a chance to repeat. We mentioned uh, Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Minnesota State's one of those with that class that they're losing. It's it's just such a shame. Yeah, I mean, you ta- you mentioned Western Michigan. They had the largest senior class, and that was a senior class that came back uh, with a purpose, and that was to win a national championship um, because that senior class themselves has faced a lot of adversity over the last four years. Um, so, you know, convincing Wade Allison to not sign a, as a junior and, and so forth, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I agree with you. It's just unfortunate that, you know, not just Western seniors, but all the seniors that um, came back for another year and hope to make a run at some point, um, you know, for it to end as, as it did. It's unfortunate, but, you know, you know, the, the thing is, is, no one really, you know, has the control over over that. Uh, the most important thing is the safety of the players, staff, and the fans. So I think that um, the NCAA made the right move in, in basically halting and, and putting an end to the seasons when they did. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, but, you know, um, Tony, you know, I don't know if we have any more to cover on the COVID-19 or in college hockey. If you don't, um, you know, I just got some last minute words here, um, that I want to, you know, say, is, you know, it's been a fun season, um, doing this with you, uh, you and I both <laughs> love college hockey and I'm looking forward to, I know there's going to be a second season. It's just, when is it going to happen? And I can't wait to get back into this with you. Uh, when that season starts, um, you know, I know you and I, we have some big things for season two for hockey in the classroom coming up, uh, preseason rankings and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I have a lot of ideas, Tony, you have a lot of ideas. So we're excited to take um, what we've learned this first season, our ups and downs, our technical difficulties, <laughs> um, and <laughs> and uh, turn those around and, and really kind of take this to the next level of season two and, and going forward. So, uh, I've had a blast doing this. Um, you know, this was a big, big uh, dream of mine the last couple of years to to do something like this uh, with Kyle Chalky. So I'm glad I get to do it with you each week um, and, you know, just get to talk college hockey. Absolutely. It's, it's been a blast. And, and who knows, maybe we can, we can get some interviews this summer that we can, that we can throw on for some content, but no, I'm, I'm excited to get going into into year two of this, just like you said. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. And, and I agree. I know we've made a lot of promises this first season. I think we, we might've bit off more than we could chew. Um, and that's okay. You know, Tony, we're, we're big, uh, we're big dreamers over here. Um, and, uh, but I agree. I, you know, I, I, we made some promises on some interviews. We did have a couple lined up that just ended up not panning through or pay, you know, playing out due to, scheduling conflicts and stuff like that but i agree i think this summer if we can get some some interviews locked down get some content to keep this going at least during the summer months and leading up to what's going to be a fantastic season too agreed but tony that's all i got for for how for this podcast here i don't know if you got anything else you want to add here 
I, I don't have anything. I'm just, like I said, looking forward to chatting a little bit more with you and, and I guess class dismissed. All right. As always, watch college hockey when it comes back.